Halito, and welcome to Native Chalk Talk, a podcast by Natives for all. Here, we're keeping our Native ancestors' stories and history alive, while also sharing with you our Native cultures, traditions, and more. I'm Rachel Youngman, a Choctaw originally from Anadarko, Oklahoma. I hope you'll enjoy this journey with me as we learn from our Native American guests. And stay tuned for the end of each episode, where we'll talk about some great ways to support Native causes and or Native-owned businesses. Let's get started. More than a maker. More than an athlete. More than a pastor. Chata Elifinachili. I am Choctaw proud. We are the Choctaw Nation, and together we're more. So now I'd like to talk about Roy and Dale and their fun household. The Dayton Daily News in 1955 wrote The Rogers are a truly devoted couple, outstanding in a land of Mary and still Mary. Dale went down to Texas not long ago to spend four days with her family. Roy was at home on the day she arrived, posing for some pictures. He saw her drive in and because she had left her own car at the airport. And he said, you'll have to hold these pictures up for a while, fellows. Ma's been gone for four days and I want to see her. And he took off at a dead run for the house. I just love that story. Oh, <laughs> he sure loved his wife. So your parents were obviously on the road a lot, right? Yes. So what was that like for you as a child? Well, um, it was difficult at times. Um, well, okay. First, we would go on the road with them. Not all yeah. the time, but some okay. of the time. Yeah. And um, that was, <laughs> that was kind of a lot in itself. I mean, you have these kids. Um, and if they had to fly somewhere, we would have to fly with them. So oh Cheryl, being the oldest, was kind of in charge of making sure that we, well, I can't say behave because <laughs> there's always one of us kind of loose somewhere. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, we would have to get up early in the morning. And, of course, we didn't all want to. And we would, at that time, you'd dress for to take the plane. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Love that. we were all in our dresses and stuff. And, and it was fun. I loved planes. I just love flying. And yeah. um, then as we got older, and I think it was about five when Cheryl married. And then not too long after Mimi married. Okay. And then a, maybe it was a year later that, or two years later that Linda Lou married. So we were pretty okay. young. Yeah, and we would still go on tour with them with the state fairs. Oh, fun! And um, yeah, that was we loved watching the acts and everything. And but the times that we were left home, for some reason, maybe when I was about eight or nine, eight, I would think <laughs> I wasn't too old, but right. I developed <laughs> this this depression time when oh. they were to leave, and I would. And I remember it specifically feeling like they were going and never coming back. Oh. And um, it just, it would set so heavy on me that sometimes I'd just start crying the night before. And mom, I feel so sorry for her because she didn't, you know, she would hate to leave yeah. me. And, and so she would, as she did every night, say, you know, hear our prayers. And then she would rub my back. <laughs> 
And of course, oh, so sweet. Yeah. And to this day, I still love my back rubs. <laughs> right. But um, <laughs> it would put me to sleep. And so, um, but it happened, it started happening more, I mean, almost all the time. And uh, we didn't know why. She thought maybe when I was little, separation, separation yeah. anxiety or mm-hmm. something. And yeah. um, like when you're taken too young from your mother, mm-hmm. which is why they put children now in um, foster homes as soon as they can, rather yeah. than keep them in like but, an orphanage or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, and I know that um, some of the, my siblings weren't exactly thrilled um, always having them gone or being um, pursued by um, media, news media and stuff. Sure. And so that, that part was hard. Um, I got over it. And um, I'm not sure how it just disappeared, <laughs> but it did. Yeah, and kind of um, grew out of it. Yeah, but so um, mm-hmm. it it was hard, but I loved going with them when they did go on tour. Yeah, and That's as an adult, <laughs> <clears throat> as an adult, I've learned to appreciate because I've been out and met people and what they meant to them what my parents meant to these other people, they would tell me stories of how um, their families were not what most families are, kind and loving, and some of them were abused, and some of them were missing, Mm -hmm. you know, they didn't spend a lot of time with them, and how they always looked to mom and dad as their second parents, and that um, it gave them something to, um, in their life that they were missing, and hearing mm-hmm. those stories, I understood exactly how important mom and dad were and that I'm glad that they were there for them in that sense. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was, I've heard some really sad stories, but but strong because they were able to, because of my parents. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a that, big responsibility for someone who's in the limelight to take on. Yeah, and they did it well. They did it very well, and still tried to be great parents to y'all at the same time. Which yeah, it's a lot not of, easy. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh, a it's a lot of kids. It's a lot of traveling. It's a lot of performing, and they must have both just had so much energy. I just don't even know. Oh, <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> hey, did they ever get tired? Did you ever see them like taking a nap on the couch or anything? Not very much. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know that even just sometimes the things that I do for work, like in my day job, I, I present, and if I've had a whole day of that, I'm done at the end of the day. I'm just exhausted. Yeah, and don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> much less come home to nine kids. So yeah. <laughs> so you've given kind of a a little bit of a look of what your mom and dad were like as mom and dads to you. So, but, but is there anything more you'd like to say, like, what was your mom like and what was your dad like? As growing up or adult guess, or, <laughs> well, that's a good question. I guess, you know, baby, basically as you were growing up, um, 
you know, it sounds like your mom was super nurturing and very bullheaded. Like she got what she wanted and that kind of thing. <laughs> and then your dad sounds like he was a little quiet. Does that sound right on? Or is there anything you'd add to that that you want us to know? Yeah. Um, it was pretty much like that. The thing, what's funny is that as far as we had rules and we had bedtimes and we had um, church times. We always said a prayer at dinner and mom had these, this thing um, had called bread of life. And you have these little cardboard with sayings on scripture. We, we had that. That's so funny. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And we'd we read one every night. And um, so we had that. But if you broke the rules or, you know, did something you were supposed to, left um, tools out there, whatever, um, the first, I guess the first wave <laughs> was mom. And they had already agreed on what punishments you would get, you know. Okay. Sometimes we got a spanking. Um, yeah. The girls, we didn't tend to get as many spankings. I don't know if it was just because we're <laughs> girls or not as yeah. bad. I don't know. But um, oh man. Um, but then um, dad hardly ever um, doled out the the spankings or whatever yeah. but if we continued or reacted up or got upset or whatever she would say you know i'm gonna have to tell your father or oh and then we would panic and we never see, saw him really do anything i mean he didn't he wasn't the big but you knew that once it got to dad that you were in big trouble Ooh. and um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, the Logan Daily News in 1954 wrote, we believe in old fashioned discipline, says Dale. Each child has certain du duties. Even little Dodie must put away her toys and hang up her clothes <laughs> before she and goes to bed at night. That's the, so cute. Not stuff them under the bed or put them in the drawers. <laughs> yep. Put <laughs> them away. What I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what else could you do when you have nine kids? So did you try to put them yeah. under the bed? Yes. It's so funny. Are the um, closet to throw me in? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's easy. It's done. It's out of the way. <laughs> um, and then it goes on to say that she says the boys empty the waste bas baskets, hang up their clothes, and spread up their beds before they leave for school in the morning. The two older girls make their beds, set up the table, and help the dishes. Today's youngsters are living in such a mixed up world that I think the only way to keep them on the right track is to give them responsibilities and to try to teach them the rules. So what I like about that is that's good. Those are good nuggets for today's parents, for all of us, you know, to mm -hmm. keep in mind. So did you have babysitters or nannies, you know, people that helped? Yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> I had a babysitter even as a teenager when we, when I was the last okay. one there. Or yeah. Dusty and I were the last in Apple Valley. And if they went away, well, of course, if they went away for a night. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that was the only time um, we had somebody at the house to watch us was when they had to go overnight. Wow. So your mom was doing all this stuff. And as long as she was home, there was no extra help. You guys were 
Oh, she had extra help. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, when we moved to Apple Valley, she didn't have the daily help, the cooks, the cleaners, the um, housekeepers that she did oh, okay. when we were in Chatsworth. Right. And since there are only two of us, Dusty and I, that moved to Apple Valley, she would have somebody come in maybe once or twice a week. Okay. To help her cleaning and stuff, but not cooking. She, she was not the best cook. <laughs> But she can't be good at everything, better. you know. Yeah, she got better. Yeah, that's better. so cute. Again, I mean, she's out there doing big things, so I I can't judge her yeah. for not also being a good cook. Yeah. Um, so so we talk. You talk a lot about Apple Valley. I assume that's probably the house you know the most, right? Well, we moved there when I was what thirteen. Oh, okay. So, so what what were both households like? Or if you just want to talk about Apple Valley, that's fine. What was it like living there? You like you had a lot of animals um, and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Now in Chatsworth, it was like 300 and something acres. Dang. So we had all that property. We had a lot of animals. We had, um, they did a filming of the Brave Eagle series there. Oh, wow. Um, they, well, sometimes, I'm not sure all the time, but. Um, we had horses and we had um, lemon trees, orange trees, fig trees. Um, we had berries growing, um, wild berries and things like that. Um, I can't remember everything that we had, but yeah. And animals, dad at one point had um, a lot of bird dogs and things like that. And oh, that's cool. Pigeons and pigs and cows and bulls and, you know, the usual. <laughs> menagerie yeah. ranch. So, oh my god. And it was gosh. fun. I loved that place. And Aww. I always said if I could afford it as an adult, I would buy it back. But then um I sell most of it. And Val Kilmer had lived there yes. at one point. His my husband just told me that the other day because I had been talking about oh, really? story a lot. And he was like, Oh, Val Kilmer bought their their ranch. Yeah. And I was like, what? Or his dad or something, right? Yeah, so, yeah. His that's dad. so neat. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah, I bet I bet so. you miss it and wish you could have it back, but there'll be those great memories and hopefully some pictures. I was surprised that you said you don't have a ton of pictures. No, not at all. What happened I, to I, them? I think just as we got older, the pictures didn't go with us. And then the pictures yeah. we had at each move, it seemed like I got had less and less. And um, right. I don't know. I mean, I, I was Aww. looking when I moved out here and still not as many as I would have hoped. <laughs> Dude, I, I see more pictures on eBay of oh things God. that, and that I was in. I was like, how on earth did I get, I bought a couple <laughs> just so you I could have You to buy them. your own pictures. But, That's so yes. not fair. If there's any <laughs> listeners out there that have photos or at least want to make copies for Dodie, please let us know. Because <laughs> she deserves to have her own photos. Wow. <laughs> crazy um so your dad and mom which we haven't talked about yet but is such a big part of their lives was you know the christian faith so tell us more about your perspective on that we were raised um in a christian home so they had become christians before i um entered the picture and so we were raised that way 
and um, went to church and had church functions, got involved in church functions. Um, well, the first church, I think, was the Methodist Church in Chatsworth. Okay. Now, okay, wait, let me back up. Sandy uh -huh. and I were both um, christened in the Episcopal Church. Okay. So that was the first church, and then Methodist Church, and then, um, let's see, who was it other? Well, then the last church was, um, well, the, with the bus accident occurred, was the church in the valley. It was a church, uh, Disciples of Christ. Okay. And um, we went there, and then the accident happened, then we moved, and we went to um, a Presbyterian church. And my mom was always interested in different churches because hmm. some things would bother her or if there were politics in church yeah. or if they got said, you can't do this or you can't do that. That bothered her. So don't tell me we what to, to do. Apple, yeah. <laughs> when we went up to Apple Valley, um, dad said, you know, pick a church and stay with it. <laughs> so, right. Um, she, after looking and searching and um, going to different churches, she found the Presbyterian Church and she liked the minister. And he was a lovely man. Um, hmm. you, you could just see Christ on his face. Yeah. And um, so I was christened in the Episcopal. I was, um, you go through this process in in the Presbyterian Church, I forget what it's called, um, but I ended up going through that process and becoming um, a member of that church. And then later years, I was baptized in the Church of Christ. So yeah, <laughs> I have like okay. this. Yeah, <laughs> but um, that church was really—it was a good church. I had friends yeah. there, and uh, mom and dad loved it. So um, great. They went to when they were in Chatsworth they started going to the Hollywood Christian group which mm. were a lot of actors had um, attended for those that um, actors that sometimes you were criticized for being a Christian or made fun of or whatever mm. so it was kind of like a church for um, a safe place that yeah. yeah yes that makes sense and in california i'm sure there's a, a need for that for sure <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's great thanks for sharing that because i know it's such a big part of your family's life and really thankfully held y'all together during those really rough times yeah um, wow so we've talked about each of you kids but there's a character in this whole story of which we have not spoken yet Roy's Golden Palomino Trigger. Oh. It seems, <laughs> I love this horse. Um, I know. Seems, right? I mean, did you know him? Did you know Trigger? I Yes. Um, he, I was able to ride him, not by myself. Um, yeah. He would put on him, but he was a trick horse, so you had to be careful not to cue uh, him. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want him rearing up Ooh, and right. you're on him. <laughs> so, yeah. That's um, so funny. Yeah. yeah, you had to be careful. I never would have thought about that with a trick horse. 
Oh my gosh. He's just, the more I read about him, the more I just, and I remember him from, again, we watched a lot of black and white Westerns, a lot of cowboy shows growing up. So it seems Roy's interest in horses started with a gift. His dad, Andrew Sly, was working at a shoe factory in Portsmouth. Is it Portsmouth or Portsmouth? Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Uh Okay. Sorry, Ohio people. That's Portsmouth, Ohio. I wrestled with that a lot last night, Um, but they lived on a farm in Lucasville. So it sounds like the dad would just have to come home on weekends, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so it's the story goes that the dad, his dad would come home bearing gifts. And one of those gifts was a horse one time. Amazing. So this was an ideal present because it really spurred Roy's love of horses and the world of the cowboy. Now, Roy actually met Lucille, his first wife, when he was acquiring a cult named Golden Cloud. And after he purchased it, he renamed it Trigger. And the Waco Tribune Herald in 1958 reported the following. Aware that a smart horse usually has the intelligence of a five or six-year-old child, Roy was astonished at the cult's superior IQ. Right then, he named him Trigger because his brain reacted quick as a trigger. So Trigger knew over 150 tricks, and his trainer said Trigger can learn in a month what most intelligent horses would learn in six months. So that was just blew me away. And then Trigger and Roy's German Shepherd dog bullet that you mentioned before starred in the Roy Rogers shows um, in over and in over 100 movies. So I just, I love that horse. I love Trigger. Um, what was he like? You said you would get on him and you just had to be careful, right? Um, was he pretty oh, gentle? He was, yes, yes. It was like he knew. He knew that this is a child, so you know, right? Uh, take it easy. <laughs> and, That's amazing. Uh, yeah, Dad. He loved him. I mean, oh, he was special. He, he really was. Totally. There's probably no other horse like that. And so Roy was known to do some crazy things with his beloved horse. That aforementioned article from the Waco Tribune Herald that said, you know, it said that during his first rodeo engagement at Madison Square Garden, Roy readily agreed to ride Trigger into the lobby of the Hotel Dixie on West 43rd Street, as long as it sells war bonds. So Trigger proved to be a perfect gentleman, took a pen in his teeth and signed the register with a big X. He He nonchalantly rode up in the elevator to their 24th floor suite where he munched well-earned carrots and served that were served on a platter. By the time they had retired for the night, they had persuaded spectators to add $16,000 to the war chest. Oh my gosh. Wow. Sorry. Can you imagine? He just like wrote an X with his mouth with a pen. (laughs) That was normal. You grew up around that. What? I know. Um, I have a picture of Dad and Trigger in the hotel room, and they're lying down on the floor together. <laughs> oh, my God. And you're probably like, what? Horses don't always write with pins? Yeah. This <laughs> horse is broken. It does not do what Trigger did. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. Um, so it sounds like as Trigger got older, he had to be replaced by Trigger Jr. Is that correct? Well, they had, they needed another horse um, to go on the tours. And okay. so he wasn't so much replaced as just an addition to. <laughs> oh, okay. Was he Trigger's his... son? Or was he just? No, no. A different horse. Okay. 
from a different lineage. Um, right. So I'm sure your dad must have missed his buddy trigger when he passed on. And just as mm-hmm. life goes on and we all get older, your dad and mom reached their golden years with grace and with that positive outlook on life that they had always had. So what was your dad like in his later years? He was still always um, liked to busy himself with things. Um, he had hobbies. Uh, when we moved to Apple Valley, well, he had his motorcycles, but then he, <laughs> you know, in his late years, he couldn't ride. But yeah, um, he and he got us um, these little Honda 50s or whatever they called so we could ride the the dirt trail awesome. back in our house. Yeah. And he got me a horse, my own horse. Nice. And um he uh he got into rock collection. He would um cut the rocks and put them through the rock grinder. Yeah, whatever the, the what are those are called? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> um he would like to make different things out of them. And sander, rock sander. But anyhow, it we um, had one, so I don't know why I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh well and he anyway. loved that i mean he just loved doing things he loved going to uh, flea markets oh flea okay markets. how cute and he would see different things he'd come home with um different gadget or the sand that you turn over and it makes a different picture yeah. with the different colored sand yeah turn over again are the um the nails that um not nails but they're like some kind of they're, they're like nails to me but you put your face on it and pull it away and oh it shows right your and face it keeps, keeps it. the same um position yeah, you of, put, yeah yeah your dad liked that um, stuff that's so cute yes. <laughs> and um it's like look kids of course he, he would get stuff for us or his my other cousins i mean nieces and um, yeah he got my grandson my grandson um was born deaf okay and so um he was born in 86 and uh he got him a um, blanket that he still has and passed down to his kid and so on but um yeah so um it was he he loved those going to find unusual things right and um then they got into cats <laughs> dad was always a dog person oh and then all of a sudden mom, he likes cats yeah mom had the favorite cat and dad would let him um sit on his lap and then he grew to love him too so um <laughs> yeah he he would try to keep himself busy mom was always busy yeah i was gonna ask um, how she kept herself busy in the later years too right Oh my goodness. You wouldn't know. Um, when she had her stroke, she had to be in a wheelchair. Okay. And so she had this show called A Date with Dale. Mm-hmm. And she would interview people. Yeah. And um, of course, <laughs> I think she did most of the talking, but <laughs> um, she loved That's adorable. That. I mean, that was just just her thing she was yeah. in seventh heaven <laughs> and she always wrote she always in fact when she passed away she still had a book in the going mm-hmm. so i mean i would be with her and she would either talk into a um like a dictaphone or yeah or 
I would write something down for her, something thought came to her, but she always had a um, pad and paper with her, a pen and paper, and um, always writing, and um, she uh, would still um, go to do shows. You know, they wanted her to speak. She spoke. it was difficult with in a wheelchair, but she managed. <laughs> I went with her one time to, I think it was Dallas, Texas, yeah. and helped her, you know, through that. And um, like I said, she was busy. <laughs> what a, a busy woman, person. man. She was yeah. so strong, so tough, went through so much, and yet was so, seemed like, seems like she was very um, nurturing and kind. Mm-hmm. Well, so your daddy, Roy Rogers, passed away from congestive heart failure on July 6, 1998, in his home in Apple Valley, California. The paper stated he was 86 years old, and Dell and the other family members were at his side. So, sounds like, were you able to be around him in those last few days and hours? Yes, um, we would. <clears throat> I lived in um, Lancaster at the time. And so that was like 50 miles from um, Apple Valley. And I worked down in, um, I can't even remember the name where I worked. <laughs> I hate that. Sorry, it must it have been in Calabasas. <laughs> okay, so Calabasas. you worked in Calabasas. Yeah. Yes. And um, I loved it down there. I was a paralegal. And mm-hmm. so I would come up and sometimes we would go over. And when it, it got really bad, um, and the doctor said, because it was hard getting him to eat. And uh, they said, well, whatever he wants to eat, let him eat, <laughs> eat it. And so he wanted ice cream. And ice mm-hmm. cream was always one of his favorites. And oh. so she, she would buy the little quarts or whatever, half yeah. half gallons or whatever, and just give it to him. <laughs> he just eat it out of the, the container. <laughs> he loved it so Perfect. much. So, yeah, I was... Um, went home that night after being with him and sometimes he'd call me Dodo. <laughs> hey Dodo. Dodo. And um so and then the next morning he passed away. So um mm. yeah. I can only imagine that, you know, what a legend has passed on and and but to you guys it was, you know, that was your dad and your, you know, probably the rock of your life and all that. So it must've been really hard. So did he have any parting words that you know of, or did he talk about much before he passed on? Just, um, he said, happy trails a lot <laughs> Aww, <laughs> to us, perfect. you know? Yeah. And um, he just would ask about the children mainly, um, how everyone yeah. was doing and, um, there is one thing, um, I don't know if I should say it, but um, oh. we were, that night we were in his room and um, he pointed over to the wall and said, hey buddy, what you doing? <laughs> what you doing here? And mom oh. and I looked at each other and we said, she said, who Roy? She said, who are you talking to? He kind of looked at her and said, oh, that guy right there. And um, he said, oh. can't you see him? He said, he's standing right there. And I was like, 
we're looking at each other and um and then he kind of laughed it off and started talking to us about other things so it, who did it he see kinda, i wonder who it was i don't know <laughs> all these little signs that were going on in your family when things would happen yeah yeah wow so the sweet and loving Dale Evans, who loved her children and husband dearly, died also of congestive heart congestive heart failure on February seventh, two thousand one. And how about her? Did did you guys get to spend a lot of time together before she passed, or did she have any parting words of wisdom or anything like that? Um, we would try to go over as much as we can, and they said that she would only have a couple days left, so we were going over there yeah um, well, every day and then after a week passed he said well he goes maybe i was wrong <laughs> the doctor <laughs> in true said, Evans thought, fashion yes i thought <laughs> she'll go when she's good and ready <laughs> that's right <laughs> so um Aww. we i was going to go to work that day and sometimes i would leave early so we could go over there and but decided not to for some reason and then we went over to mom's and she was um she had her eyes closed and she was just breathing really lightly and my niece tom's daughter mindy was on one side and his other daughter candy was on the other side and they were holding her hand and candy got up when i came into the bedroom candy got up so i could sit by her and, um, so I held her hand and I said, you know, inside I was saying, um, you know, if you're ready, then, you know, if I can give you any strength or any love or anything. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I felt this energy, this kind of electrical feeling go up my arm, mm -hmm. like from her to me. And I was trying to give her, you know, strength, oh, but it just, oh it, I just felt it. And I opened my eyes and her, her neck had been moving. And now when I looked at her, her neck wasn't moving, but she had made a sound, you know, when you hear, yeah. sometimes they let out a, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, there was just no sound at all. And I looked at her and Mindy looked at me and we looked at each other. And then we both turned to the nurse who was sitting over there um, and she saw us looking at her and she got up with her stethoscope and went over and listened and then she tested a couple other areas and then she looked at us and just shook her head and said, she's gone. It was like, Aww. oh, <laughs> um, but I felt her very strongly around me for the next the few days afterwards i just it was hard to even cry because i just felt her with me it was yeah. like she was just holding me in her arms and i just felt her love and so it was hard to think that she's not there you know because yeah she was there <laughs> but um right so, right that's, yeah that's that was pretty peaceful you know that she yeah dad both had people around them and it wasn't anything mm -hmm. sudden you guys had warning and but it, isn't it interesting how many times you hear that story of someone a loved one saying you can pass on if it's time for you to go yeah you go now and then oof, 
That's interesting. Oh, um, I have to tell you this. <laughs> yeah. Again, do. with her, the doctor said, just let her have whatever she wants. And so we, um, I was there and they told her, they um, said, Dale, the doctor said you can have anything you want. So what would you like? And she said, I think I'll have a beer. And I have never seen my mother drink beer. <laughs> I knew she had had a few drinks before I came in the picture and she had had some wine after I was in the picture, but that was so rare. And somebody had some somewhere so cute. and they gave her a beer and she said, oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I've never seen that. Mom. Yeah. That's I mean, not... so funny of all things. Yeah. Little Christian woman, give me that bear. <laughs> You're gonna part, so you yeah, have whatever yeah. you want. Oh, I and I really think it's wonderful that you and your family have been able to keep their memories alive. You know, Dusty operated that um, Roy Rogers Dell Evans Museum and Happy Trails Theater, which you mentioned was in Branson, Missouri. They opened it in 1967 and then it closed in 2009. So it really had a good long run. Um, I went to Branson all the time growing up. It's one of my favorite places. Oh. So I'm bummed, bummed that I didn't see the I didn't see that museum. I don't know why. So unfortunately, oh. but so what was in that museum? Oh, <laughs> death uh -huh. was what you would call a pack rat. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Which is why we started a museum in the first place. Yes. Was to have some place for all his collections of and memorabilia and everything in, yeah. um, in Apple Valley. And then we moved to Victorville. And then we finally moved it to Branson and they um, they were making it more of a um, interaction type where you could press a button and it would tell you this about that and things like yeah. that. But everything that he had his old truck um, that he came to wow. California in, things like that. He had That's the one so that they neat. made for him. They had the, the with the horns on the front of this. <laughs> I don't know what type of car, like a Cadillac. Yeah. Type. And it was filled with what well, one time it was filled with silver dollars that lined it, but people would, you know, try and plop them off. So, <laughs> but, um, and his That's other funny. cars and his race boat and, um, a shoe and boot, um, that he's boots that he had growing up and, um, Oh my God, his rock collection, his baseball collection, um, from people that would, um, baseball players that would sign it and give it to him. And yeah, um, I can't remember everything. Of course, Trigger Bullet, Trigger Jr., Buttermilk were there. Oh, yeah, Buttermilk um, was um, your mom's horse, right? I forgot to talk about yes. Buttermilk. Oh, Buttermilk was a character. <laughs> oh, really? How so? Yes. Had an, <laughs> He had an attitude, <laughs> so really? he was hard to to keep control of all the time. So, okay, but, um, but he was a good horse, though. So, That's so big parts of your family. Had, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what what happened to the memorabilia that was in that museum? Do you know? It was auctioned off. Okay. It um, 
the kids could have what they wanted, but it had to be a, in an orderly fashion. <laughs> and right. most most of the kids really didn't want a lot. Um, so there was mm. only very few things that mm. that the family actually kept. So everything else was auctioned off. Yeah. Okay. That so was there are people auction. out there that, oh, I bet it was with all that stuff. <laughs> Um, and I, I bet, you know, there's people out there that have those pieces of, of mm -hmm. that history. It's kind of fun that so many people get to share in that because yeah. there were so many super fans out there and still are. So, and I think it's fun too, that the younger generations that may or may not know of him, like will be able to have learned more about your family in this episode, if they take a listen. So, so we talked about how Dusty had sung in the sons of the pioneers he's retired from that now but you can still visit their webpage it still likes looks like the group is performing right yes yes they are okay so folks can check them out at sons of the pioneers.org um but i have to say it's amazing how much dusty looks like his dad Roy oh Rogers. i know yeah oh it's so and eerie isn't it just same same yeah. person <laughs> dusty's sons dusty's son and grandsons look have the same look so it's that's so yeah. neat <laughs> that. roy rogers carries on so yep. i hope you and your family will continue sharing roy and dell's stories and memories and i love that um they and you wrote in the american indian expo in my hometown it's like a little connection you and i have yeah that, yeah right it's just crazy <laughs> we're I both chocolate <laughs> you were in my hometown <laughs> at one point but you know that expo is something I myself am also hoping to keep alive. Perhaps it'll come back in 2023. So I'll be sure to post info I'm... about it on my page. Okay, so, great. Because I would like yeah. to. See if you happen. if you do ever come to town for that, let me know and I'll meet you out there. Okay, <laughs> I will. So Dodie, um, just two more questions. Um, are there any native causes or businesses that you'd like to promote today? Well, my niece, who is um, pretty much involved in all of that, um, she's gotten um, a lot more involved lately, and um, that's Tammy, and she said that tribal sovereignty and self-determination, native vote, and the connection to traditional knowledge as Choctaw was something that she's working on. So since I would like to learn more and be more involved, I would probably um, follow her. <laughs> um, Perfect. See what she has to say about things and how things are going. And um, I am interested in on the Choctaw page. I don't know if you have that. Um, Facebook mm -hmm. has yes. a page. Yes, well, I saw that they, you can learn the language. Yes. And I thought that would be so interesting to, to learn. And definitely. So I may look into that. I just, um, maybe I'll see you on one of those classes. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm, I'm writing a book. Um, I don't know if I'll ever finish it. <laughs> oh, I hope you do. And if you do let me know, cause I want to be sure to put it on my page too. Okay. So we'll see how things go. And yeah. So stay tuned listeners and check in every now and then. Hopefully we'll get Dodie to finish that book up so we can read it. 
Um, and then, so what's your niece's name? Tammy. Who Tammy. Tammy Tiger. T-A-M-M-Y. Okay, perfect. And so we need to, I'll try to find her information as well to post. It sounds like she's really keeping herself in the know and that helps when yeah. you can follow folks like that. So, and finally, are there any words of wisdom you'd like to share? The mistakes you make, they're not mm. um, a life sentence. And I mm. forgot how it goes, but um, because, you know, we can get stuck on some of the things we've done or let it shape us. And um, to step outside of your, um, well, like today, <laughs> I'm stepping outside of my yeah. comfort zone. <laughs> and, Absolutely. Uh, right. I think you'll learn a lot about people, yourself, and um, just how important you are, everybody is, how we're connected um, to each other s somehow, some way. So that's beautiful. So Del Evans once said, how girl is an attitude, really pioneer spirit, a special American brand of courage. The cowgirl faces life head on, lives by her own lights and makes no excuses. Cowgirls take stands. They speak up. They defend things they hold dear. Well said, Dale. She and Roy represent the cowboy <laughs> in all of us. That spirit of courage and strength that they embodied and exemplified every single day was so apparent in their work, their family, their endurance, and those big dazzling smiles. The world and their children were a brighter place when they were in it, but their spirit lives on in Dodie and in those of us who loved them. Thank you, Dodie, for being here with me today and for sharing about your dear family. Yeah, Cookie. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Native Chalk Talk. Be sure to join our community on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Simply search for Native Chalk Talk. That's Native, C-H-O-C-T-A-L-K. And check us out at nativechalktalk.com. Stay tuned for the next episode. You're going to love it. Yakoki. Thank you, my friends.